LD, what's happening? How are you, Luke? I'm fabulous. We're uh, waiting for some heat up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to get to me before it gets to you, <laughs> and it hasn't gotten to me yet. It's uh, it yeah. We need uh, we need some heat. We need it now. Um, I can't uh, uh you know, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't wait. Yeah, we're kind of we're we're chomping at the bit as well. So, yeah, late late heat, uh, late in the year heat, I should say, uh, really doesn't help us a whole lot. We we need it now. We really last year. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I, I don't know what your May was last year, but uh, ours was great last year. We're not getting it this year. Yeah, I want to say like yeah. Memorial Day, we were rocking and rolling last year. Yeah, yeah. So but, it's kind of frustrating, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. You get that late heat, and that then you get the people that say, "Oh, I'll just try and get by for another couple of weeks and wait till next yeah. year." You know, bullshit. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Larry, I appreciate your time. I got my colleague yeah. Matt Barbosa here with me. Hi, Matt. Hey, How Larry. How's it going? Good. I'm doing fine, thanks. Matt, I don't is, think we've met, have we? Uh, no, I don't think you have, but he's uh, Matt's uh, on my sales team. He's what do you, is this your second year, full year of sales? Yeah, coming up on second year, July tenth okay. is my two year anniversary. So. And first full year, he did over two million, so he's a rock star. Yeah! Wow! So well, hey, come on down to St. Louis, will you? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. We got better restaurants than you, and we have. Oh come on! Yeah, and you got yeah, a hockey yeah. championship. You know, Luke, I didn't, uh, I don't think I shared this with you, but I first went to my first hockey game. This is going to, this is going to date me a little <laughs> bit. I, I realize that, but obviously before either of you were born, I was, I was 10 years old, uh, in 19, 1968. Wow. I went with my, my Cub Scout pack, uh, our Cub Scout den, I guess is what we called it. Uh, so that was my first hockey game was in the, uh, it was probably in November of 1968. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I've been following the blues since, since then. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I told, we told you, but we just started up a little HVAC sales oriented podcast and we're just putting it out there for people. And I know like a couple of your guys on your team are listening to it, like Sean and, uh, um, uh-huh. I forget the other guys' names, but we're just we're just having fun with yeah. it and getting people on here and asking them questions and so forth. So we'll hop yeah. into it. We're gonna do a quick introduction and then we'll okay. we'll start off sure. with a couple questions for you. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. You ready to go, Matt? I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. Welcome to Between Two Furnaces. Uh, this is Luke Wyden with my co-host Matt Big Cat. Barbosa. Say hello, Matt. Hello, America. Hello, HVAC world. Um, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, um, EMS, EMSC Search Consultant. Let me start that over. EM Search Consulting. They are a marketing website 
SEO firm located here in Chicago. Help a lot of contractors out. Hit them up at 312-285-2489. Again, that's EM Search Consulting. Uh, Matt, we have a very, very special guest today with us on the line. My good friend, Larry Dalton, president of Classic Air Care in St. Louis. Um, Larry, welcome to the call. Thank you, Luke. Good morning. Good morning. We're excited to have you here. Um, Larry owns and operates Classic Air Care in St. Louis. And um, how many employees you got, Larry? I think we're around 95, 97, something like that. Awesome. Uh, we hover in the high 90s. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. We wanted to start out and first off, tell us a little bit about how you got into this crazy HVAC industry. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Luke. I, I started uh, I started at a company called Hussman Refrigeration. Um, they're located here in the St. Louis area. They make uh, refrigeration equipment worldwide for supermarket industry. And uh, I started there in 1978. So that was uh, 41 years ago this past January. Uh, so I've been bouncing around the heating and air, air conditioning industry. Uh, refrigeration industry for uh, 40 plus years now and uh, I can tell you there's not another industry in this uh, world of ours that I would that I would rather be in uh, it were needed uh, it's it's a very profitable industry it's a an industry that anyone that can can uh, become part of and join it's uh, it's just been a great industry for me and I'm, I'm very appreciative for the opportunities it's uh, afforded me. Awesome, awesome. Now, Larry, I know you spent a lot of time on the uh, manufacturing side, for a residential manufacturer. Um, I did. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your time there. Yes, you bet. Well, I uh, after with uh, time with Hospital uh, Refrigeration and then moving over to uh, Johnson Controls in the commercial sector uh, for a number of years, uh, I found Lennox in 19... Uh, 1986, uh, I joined Lennox in, in early uh, 1986, and uh, uh, never left. Uh, never left the residential marketplace. So, uh, uh, whatever that's been, uh, 1986, it's been well over 30 years ago, and uh, uh, so uh, you know, I I spent time with Lennox in York, and uh, and had enjoyed every step of the way. That's awesome. So this is Matt here, Larry. Um, yeah, Matt. Through Linux, um, did you receive any type of like sales training there, or how did you kind of build your foundation of kind of knowledge with with sales? Yeah. Well, you know, in the role of a sales in the sales organization at Linux, or really any manufacturer, a good part of your um, a good part of your time, you in order to sell product you need to be a source of information to your customers and those customers are are obviously contractors around the country and you take on the role of a consultant so you pick you pick up one really good idea at one contractor you you make make note of that in your mind and then you um, you actually go forward and you actually train other contractors with that so over the course of time, you sort of become your own library of ideas and concepts that make uh, that, that make yourself useful 
to your customer base that you work with. Right, and right. so if, if, you, if you're at all um, intuitive or you're all, at all uh, engaged in, in learning uh, what this industry is all about, you take that knowledge base and you present it in one form or another. Uh, and, you know, you're not sharing trade secrets. That's not what I'm trying to talk about here. You, but you, you just become knowledgeable about how different contractors approach their marketplace, and you share that with the, uh, you share that with the world that you come in contact with. It's a very natural thing, I believe. Right. So, so Larry, so like if you picked up an idea, say, in North Carolina and you were out in Texas, would you, you know, do you, did you see that that idea was, was, was ac- ac- applicable across the country or does it depend on the market? Well, you know what? You know, you know, I've heard people talk about their market's different and their market is, you know, you can't do that in our market. But at the end of the day, our, our salespeople are in the residential marketplace. At the end of the day, they're all at the kitchen table. Um, now, you know, you might have a different right. application. You know, you might be in a, in a basement market or you might be in an attic market or you might be, you know, on a, uh, uh, you know, a market where you got outdoor units, um, uh, you know, package units in, in the residential marketplace. But at the end of the day, it's all about meeting people and solving problems and solving their problems and becoming a, uh, a consultant in the home to those customers. So, right, yeah, uh, for sure. It, you know, it, the reality is all markets are really the same in, in, in a broad sense. And uh, while there's some idiosyncrasies to certain marketplaces around the country, you know, uh, they're all really very, very similar at the end of the day. Awesome. So you spent a lot of time with Lennox. When, when did you decide to get on the contracting side? Uh, when my travel schedule was taking me out of town about 45 weeks a year, uh, wow. <laughs> and I was getting older. Uh, I was in my early early forties, and, and you know, uh, it's very competitive at the top of those organizations right. as well. And so, um, in order to be relevant, and uh, you, you know, you, you had to really you, you had to put a hundred percent of your life in into it. Sure. And, you know what? It, there, at some point, the travel schedule just becomes. Uh, very difficult, um, unbearable, you might say. Right. And right. I thought there might be an easier way, and uh, and also from a monetary gain, I thought it might be an opportunity to um, long term to invest and build something that was long lasting, something that was um, sure. that would outlive me. And really, that was my goal: was to build something that um, uh, that was going to be around after I'm long gone. Awesome. Did you start the company from scratch? Did you did you buy it? I'm just a little um, yeah yeah yeah. Matt, uh, I, I I began by buying two companies thirty days apart. Uh, the first company I bought was here in St. Louis. It was, and of course, all my businesses are, that, that I purchased are here in St. Louis. But first company was um, a small contractor in South County, and matter of fact, that was the name of the company: South County Heating and Air Conditioning, and. Um, uh, and then 30 days later, I uh, rolled up another company called Mechanical Services, and that was the foundation of uh, of Classic Air Care. And what what time right. frame was that, Larry? What, what year was that? Yeah, that was in the summer of 2000. Actually, uh, 
We closed on it on September, well, August 20, uh, August 31st, to be exact. August 31st, and uh, 30 days later, we bought the uh, the next company, Mechanical Services. That's and awesome. And joined those two companies together, right? That's awesome. So you're getting close to the 20-year mark here. That's correct. Yeah. That, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, Larry, you've seen a lot of HVAC sales professionals on both sides of the table. You got a unique perspective, if you will. Let's talk and let's get into what you think are some of the top traits or characteristics that a HVAC successful HVAC salesperson needs to have. Sure. Well, you know, I I would say probably Luke in my mind I I look for someone who number one is approachable someone you know they don't they don't have to look like uh, you know uh, <laughs> yeah, Brad Pitt but, yeah Brad yeah they don't have to have the looks of Brad Pitt <laughs> they don't they don't have to have the the genius of Einstein what they have to be is approachable that you know like sure you know if you're in the grocery store or the supermarket and you walk past somebody um, do they have a friendly demeanor about them? Is, is somebody that you would stop and talk to, um, even if it's nothing more than a, than a casual sure. morning or whatever it might be, but someone that has a personality, someone that has uh, that is approachable just in uh, in everyday life, and um, you know, I, I think I think in my mind, I think that is a real key factor. So number one, I would say is approachable. Um, I've seen so many different salespeople. I've seen great-looking salespeople. I've seen <laughs> not so great-looking salespeople, but really good ones are approachable, no matter what what their physical appearance looks like. I've seen small small ones, you know, heavy <laughs> heavy set guys, you know, all all different types. But at the end of the day, they need to be approachable. Um, I think number two. Uh, thing that I look for all the time is I need that salespeople that salesperson to show me they have um, what I would call a competitive spirit. Uh, I want them to be competitive, competitive whether they were competitive in athletics, competitive sure. in um, academia, uh, competitive at some point in their life, and I want to I want to be able to to see that either in a resume or in their personality type. Um, I, I want my salespeople to feel like they need to be at the top of whatever it is that they do. You don't really want mediocrity in a salesperson. You want somebody who is absolutely competitive and a competitive spirit that, that they're going to, whatever, wherever they're at, they're going to rise to the top. Um, and so I look for that in, in, in salespeople. And then the third thing that I would, I would offer up is I look for people that are needy. I, I, I don't want, <laughs> I, you, know, <laughs> I, I, you know, so the idea yeah. of a needy person is a guy who's a, a, a father or a mother uh, who's raising a family of six kids, and by golly, they got, they got to bring home the bacon, right? They've they yeah. got to make some money. And, um, and so whatever that may look like to you, 
I'm, sure, I'm sure. looking for that guy that you know is not going to be happy with a seventy-five thousand dollars salary or seventy-five thousand dollars income. Right. A, a guy who wants to make seventy-five grand and coast is not the right guy for my company yeah. because we're going to give them five hundred plus leads a year, and he's got to turn that into. Um, you know, he's got to turn that 500 leads into a nice income for himself. And he's got to be, so he's got to be needy. He's got to want it. And um, so uh, I, I look for that. So that may, you know, when you're interviewing someone, you might look to see what their previous incomes were. Sure. Uh, in, the, in the jobs that they were in. And if, they, if they're happy with that, then it's that's fine, not the but, right guy yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, right. You know, I certainly, I certainly respect those people that that want to. Um, I'm not going to pick on uh, the, uh, the mail carriers of the world, but you know, sure. uh, mail carriers are people that deliver mail. They 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 go into that occupation. They know they're going to start at six thirty in the morning. And they're going to be off by three o'clock in the afternoon, and they're going to make sixty eight thousand dollars a year um, with modest increases. You know, as it sure. comes online, that's not the candidate we're looking for. Yeah, we're yeah. looking for we're looking for somebody that wants to be um, and build a, a greater lifestyle, uh, if you will, um, if, from a monetary pers- uh, perspective. Yeah, and 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 again, that uh, boy, I should, certainly don't want to come off as sounding as though that that anybody that doesn't want to do that is is lesser of a person by no means we 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 need people that deliver mail and we yeah. need we need all those but for for this role the role of the salesperson it's got to be somebody hungry uh, and then the last thing is obviously uh, and and boy this is in no particular order uh, but I want someone with high a high degree of integrity because we have a motto at at our company, at Classic Air Care, we don't ever want to sell someone something that they don't need. There, you, you just agreed. don't need. Yeah, you can agreed. be very successful in our industry with without taking on that uh, uh, that role of providing something for somebody that they yeah. just don't need, or you know. So, uh, so integrity is, is awesome. I probably should have led with that one actually, sure. but. Uh, uh, I just wrote them down in that, that order. Um, I, I think those I, are all great, great traits, and you obviously have your your pulse on the uh, how to find a great salesman. So that's kind of my next question for you: is any common denominator on where you find people, or um, yeah, like any tips for people out there that might be looking for this kind of mix of kind of all star uh, traits here? Yeah. Well. You know, if I had the answer to that one, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'd be a lot more successful. But the reality is, I think you find them in all walks of life. Sure. You know, it's just, you know, you, you can go to the car wash. I, I remember <clears throat> one time I was at a car wash, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, they, they have the guy comes out and greets you at the gas pump, and, and uh, he knows you're at that station because they 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 do car washes and and they <laughs> and so you know no matter what car wash I pick he's trying to bump me up to the next level right um, and so uh, 
you know, so where do you find them? You find them everywhere. Sure. Um, it, you find them anywhere and everywhere you go. Um, so, uh, and, and what I would you know, say, yeah, Larry, not sorry to cut you off, but even for the people that are listening that are currently salespeople, you know, looking in the mirror and trying, can you, can you personally check these boxes? I think is a good personal exercise for people listening that are already in the field, you know, cause these are, these yeah. are good points that you made here. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, well, you know, you mentioned where do you find them? You, you can find them in your own organization. One, sure. of, one of our one of our best salespeople currently that we're that, that uh, is, is always competitive and, and at the top of the charts. He was he was a uh, a service tech. Yeah, and he was a solid service tech. He was a good service tech, but he really found his his right niche in this world in the sales organization, and he's doing very very well. And and, and the training process is a lot quicker. Sure. Uh, with that young individual, than uh, or with somebody like that, than it is bringing somebody in out of a car wash, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. Obviously, obviously. So, so yeah. now, now you 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 find this person, man or woman, that checks these four boxes, Larry. What you know, this this these things are obviously gets them a seat at the table. What's going to set them apart when it comes to like. Uh, we talk a lot about activity in terms of follow-up and phone calls and emails and all that fun stuff. Yeah. What kind of stuff like that is this person that you described doing that's going to set them well beyond everybody else that might have the same traits? Well, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great question, Luke. And, and you know what? I, I have found uh, in managing a residential sales force now for nearly 20 years that uh, another key characteristic that, that probably ought to be talked about as well is organization. Yes. And that, that they take that very, very seriously. Because just think about this. We're, we're going to hand a sales associate, we're going to hand them 500 plus leads a year. And when you do that, you, you know, just think about that. And, they, and unfortunately, yeah. they, don't all, they don't all come, you know, uh, to a day. Right. You know, yeah. Some some days you're going to get zero. Some days you're going to get one. And in some days you're going to get six. Right. So so when those you're in those you know it's pretty easy to be organized when you're getting one or two leads a day. Yeah. But can you be organized and diligent with six leads a day for two weeks? That's I mean. Yeah. Uh, that's think, a think, uh, think about think about the numbers there. Yeah, that's uh, a great point. Let's just say let's use that five hundred mark. Let's say that guy is fifty yeah. percent closing, and for two years he's got five hundred people that haven't said yes to him that are in his yeah. in his file cabinet or however they manage those. Yeah. But those people aren't necessarily gone or dead, you know. So yeah, yeah that yeah. it adds up real fast. It it really does. It's it's amazing when you look at. But and it's a, it's a great responsibility. Don't, don't get me wrong. This is this is not a job for everybody, because you've got to have that organization. You got to have that uh, competitive spirit. You've got you've got a, you got a need to make a, a good paycheck, a good living, and you put all that together. And you you got to have integrity, obviously. You sure. Throw that all together. But organization is a key factor. Um, in in order to, um, to do that job very very well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I see that with my team. I, I think that is a one thing that sets 
sets some people apart is just they're they're organized in a fashion where they you know if somebody calls right. you back from three or four months ago you got the information right, right in front of you, you know where you re, re, can recall the the visit you know i think i think um organization in the form of taking tedious notes about the jobs that you or calls that you go on so that when that right. guy does come back, you, you have that information handy and you don't have to go back there and make another stop, whatever the case may be. But that, that is a great right. point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you got a guy that or a guy or gal that's um, approachable. He's got a competitive – he or she's got a competitive spirit. They're uh, needy. They have high integrity, super organized. What else, Larry? What else do you see out there? You know, you know. I, I don't know if you have any people on your team that have cracked that three million mark, but that seems to be kind of like where we're heading. Um, yes. And right. uh, what what's that three million dollar guy doing differently? Yeah, you know, I I would tell you, you know, one other idea that or one other thought that, um, and I hadn't previously thought about this, but. Really, it's it's also somebody who's willing to learn and to change yeah. and adapt their uh, their approach or their style um, in order to take themselves to the next level. And you know, one way, and we we probably don't do this enough. And you know, even though occasionally I'll get on the bandwagon and sort of preach <laughs> this, but we 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 probably don't do enough ride-alongs. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, I mean one sales guy or girl riding along with another salesperson and just really not, not really contributing to the sales call in the home, but just observing yeah. how, you know, how Joe uh, approaches this particular objection or, or concern or question from a customer and just just observe how they handle that, and then, um, and, and then at the you know when they're when they're finished with that call, then they kind of do a, a a post analysis of that sales call to determine how well that was received by the customer. Sure, sure. So, so it, it probably we we don't do enough of that. You yeah. know, we we need to encourage that. You know, there's times where salespeople, you know, when you're in slower times. You've got downtime. You're not. You're not going a hundred percent all the time. Right. So when when yeah. you've got two hours and you're not booked, go ride with, you know, salesman Bill or you know, sure. Uh, it, do a ride along and, you know, two people are going to learn in that process. Yeah. You're going to learn how how Bill handles things, and then and then you're going to be able to give Bill feedback uh, in the post. Uh, yeah, for sure. The, uh, after the call, to to let him know what um, what he thought he, he did well and what he didn't do so well. Yeah, so, that, that's a great idea. So ride alongs are a great idea. Yeah, I, I I I think that's something we need to do here, Matt. Is probably pick up on that because we get so caught up in the day to day, and then you know we get some it slows down for a day too. That's a huge opportunity right there. For that's a good point, right? Yeah. Um All right, I take everything take back everything I said about you. 
<laughs> no, but uh, so to, to your point, to touch on that, you know, um, yeah. adaptable, you know, we, we talk yeah. occasionally here on a couple previous episodes, we talked about our guy Greg here, and he's he's been in the business for 49 years. He's older than you, if you can believe that, Larry. That um, is hard to imagine. <laughs> he's, been a, hard to imagine. he's been a retail salesperson for about 30 so he's wow. he's yeah. he's and he's unbelievable but he you hit it on the head he matt he's adaptable like a guy like yeah. that is he's out there and he's he's just as good as these young cats on the ipad as any you know but he's adaptable sure. and i tell you what larry you you'll like this story if you, you probably didn't hear it a couple weeks ago he sold a, a straight up change out job for systems it was a six-figure change out holy cow yeah wow. so <laughs> He, wow. he and I'm thinking. I think about what you things you're saying here, and he checks all these boxes. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he's got the experience behind him, but that that is sure. a huge, huge point. Being adaptable to changing technologies. I'm sure when you started, there was no iPads yeah. or computers or whatever, have you? <laughs> right? No, absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. And then uh, the, you had one thing you had mentioned that I caught there is in the in the ride along scenario you talked about. Uh, debriefing the call um yes, right. you know and that's something that we do uh i have my salesmen or salespeople debrief every call they go on that they don't close right. so after i don't know if you guys do that down there and um at your organization we do some of it uh it's, it's done in a weekly sales meeting um it we uh, so the answer is the answer is yes we 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 do it uh i, I would say formally in that sales meeting okay it might help if we actually did it in, in the, you know, immediately following the sales call. And I think there's times that we do and there's times that we don't. Sure. But um, that, um, that there's probably more to learn in um, having that debrief, like, within an hour after yeah. that sales call. And, that, and that's what we teach is we, you, our team does not get another call until we get an email debrief with the breakdown of that that sales call because I think it's two yeah. twofold. One, it helps. Uh, we keep track of all those notes, so it helps the salesman or salesperson refresh their memory going back about what they their notes on the job essentially. Uh, but it also right. gives me an idea as a manager of how you know if there's any trends or going on with this particular person or whatever have you. Or you know, I'm seeing those emails immediately. There, there's a you know occasionally I'll jump on the phone with the customer and say. Hey, is there something we can do here? You know, Matt might send a debrief that says, you know, I was really close and and we were really close to making a deal, but I couldn't reel them in. I'll get on the phone and say, hey, you know, Larry, what can we do to make this happen for you today? So um, I think there's a lot of value in that immediate debrief after after yeah. the sales call. So right, right. Um, so Matt, any uh, parting words for Larry? Larry, this has been very, very insightful. Um, I'm sure a lot of people out there will take this very seriously. Matt, I'm sure you took a lot out of this. Heck yeah, Larry, I really appreciate you sharing those traits that you're looking forward uh, or that you're looking for, and just your knowledge and wisdom from being in the business. And I'm I'm excited to have you on a, again in a future episode to pick your brain on some more stuff. Sounds great, Matt. Thanks so much. I enjoyed being with you guys today. Trust me, Larry's got a lot to talk about, so we'll have him back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Thanks, Larry. Guys. Appreciate I appreciate, it. Yeah, appreciate your time, and we'll talk soon. All right. Okay, Luke. Have Thank a have a great day. Thanks again. Alrighty. Bye bye. <laughs>